You are listening to the Listen with Curiosity podcast. So if you could first start by introducing yourself. Yep, sure. So I'm Giorgio. Um, I have the TikTok account Geology. I started it about a year ago and um, it's basically just focused on personal development, mental health, mindset and with a bit of a philosophical view, um, usually around Stoicism, but I had a bit of Buddhism there as well. Um, but yeah, um, started going into life coaching a bit um, and yeah, got my certifications and um, yeah, create courses, just helping people just sort of get their lives together um, with the general focus just around like happiness, which has been, yeah, that's my pure focus for the, um, for the account. So, uh, so how did it all... Um... How did it all come about? So um, it all started, well, so I grew up in a pretty religious household. So I'm Italian and most Italians are Catholic. Um, and yeah, so it was a very religious household. And I started to question it when I was about, probably about 11, 12, no, probably about younger than that, probably nine, 10, 11. And yeah, I just started to question it. And I decided basically like, I don't buy into this. I don't believe in it and I just sort of fell into nihilism from that so I just sort of became this great nihilist that was like massive atheist that was like oh, life life has no meaning life doesn't matter and it led to a lot of depression it led to a lot of anxiety growing up as a teenager um, as I got a little bit older as a teenager I, I turned to a lot of drugs and alcohol to try and you know just because because in my head it was just like life is meaningless like what really matters um and so yeah that obviously I mean anyone who goes like that sort of route you know there's some sort of underlying anxiety behind them and that was definitely the case for me so I I started getting um quite bad panic attacks and um um yeah that lasted for quite a while and I just kind of put it off until um one day I was with an ex-girlfriend in um, abroad and I couldn't get a flight home because I was having a panic attack and I just yeah so I missed my flight I missed days of work and I was like right like this this is actually a problem now and so from that moment I was like I'm gonna I'm gonna get help I'm gonna I'm gonna make a difference I'm gonna get my life together and I did so I started it started um therapy I went to um, I done CBT which is cognitive behavioral therapy um, I started um, following accounts on Twitter that I thought were because I was I was really into business so I started following accounts that related to business and that led me to um, understand a bit more about stoicism because a lot of the accounts on there spoke about stoicism I started reading books and um, started listening to Jordan Peterson which um, I'm sure a lot of a lot of people that follow me they seem to there seems to be a lot of debate around him but I know a lot of people that follow me like him as well um, yeah and I just got completely obsessed I've always been a very obsessive person and I was just obsessed with self-improvement so literally I wouldn't let a minute go to waste so if I was on the train if I was on a packed tube I would get a book out I would get like how to um, uh, like rich dad poor dad and just read that on a packed tube and I was yeah I was just obsessed with it really and um just watching YouTube videos and my life is a lot more balanced now like I'm not as obsessed like I, I can just I can sit and relax and watch the football which I, I wouldn't have done I wouldn't allow myself in the past but that's kind of um although it wasn't probably the best um like it wasn't probably so good to be so obsessive it did lead me to where I am today and I know a lot about philosophy I know a lot about being happy I, I feel like I do um and I've helped a lot of people do the same and um yeah it's a good feeling knowing that 
you have the tools to help people like get their lives together like I've got a lot of friends who are in the same sort of position that I was those few years ago and I kind of realized that wow like this this is what I love doing like helping people to get their lives on track and do what I did really and um, sort of go from that sort of person that's just lives for drinking on the weekend to that person who actually like takes meaning from their life and like wakes up happy and grateful and like I just I feel like happiness isn't just an important thing it's it's the only thing like it's the only thing we have and so yeah that's um a long-winded way of saying that that's how I started with this <laughs> so was that the main catalyst for change or was that or is there more of a, a specific like moment or was it just just the, your lifestyle in general and you just knew you had to change it here and then sort of thing yeah so so the moment was definitely that panic attack i was in madrid and i was like wow like there's something seriously wrong there's something underlying if my body can have this reaction and i because for anyone that's had a panic attack i don't know if you have before but you just feel like you, you can't do anything you you're just not comfortable in your own skin um you're obviously your heart's beating out of your chest and you just feel like you're gonna die like you're just your mind is just convinced you're gonna die and it's and it's a, kind of a surreal feeling and I think yeah it was kind of just like a shaker that was kind of the moment where it, it, it makes you just take a look at your life and you're just kind of like what, what am I actually doing like I'm clearly what I'm doing isn't working what I'm doing I'm not happy if um as much as I might think I am a lot of the things that I look back on the the things that I would do in it was just out of instant gratification I just wanted what was good now I wanted to like feel drunk I wanted to feel high I wanted to um, do what's good in the moment and then when you strip that all back you realize like what life's actually about and yeah so that was the moment really that changed things for me uh, where where do you think you would have been if you hadn't made that change uh, to your lifestyle? Oh, that's a good question. I think about it too often. <laughs> um, not in a good place, to be honest. Obviously, a lot worse than what I was, but I'm just lucky that there wasn't any like drastic impacts. Like, um, it, It's good in the way because I look back and I realise that's why I'm so obsessed with like my health now. That's why I'm so obsessed with exercise and working out and nutrition and tracking every calorie because I look back and I'm like, I'm trying to undo all of the bad that I did before. But yeah, that, that's a good question because I, I don't, I almost don't want to think about it, but I do, I'm glad to think about it because it makes me realize like what it could have been. And it makes, and it also makes you proud of like where, like the place that I'm at now, because, um, yeah, like I, I can't really imagine where it'd be, but that's definitely part of the motivator because I know like from the people around me, they don't want to get to that point either. And the people that I help like through my TikToks and stuff. And that's why the messages, when like the good messages come through, it, it means so much because I just know what it's like to be in that position and I know what it's like to turn it around. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's good to think about, but I'm glad I'm not in that position. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. It sounds like you in the much. It's also quite a thing for you because to realise that at such a young age as well. Yeah, exactly. Not many people do. Many people sort of realise that further down the line, like once they're 25, 26. A hundred percent. Yeah, because for me it was. So I started probably on this route about like 15, 16. So it was quite an early start. 
and I'd say it was when I was about 20 I took I had that real yeah I was I must have been 20 yeah I had that realization and ever since it's been uphill from there but that's like four or five years imagine if it was 10 years that, that that's the that's when you think like wow that's double the time imagine how much it would have compounded because it wouldn't have just been doubled as bad it would have compounded you get worse like you know everyone knows about like gateway drugs and then it just increases from there and you're like oh that's not so bad and then next year you know you're 40 like doing heroin and crack on the streets <laughs> and exactly like that's the route that is perfectly possible for it to go into so yeah I am lucky that it is a young age and people people I, people meet me sometimes and say wow like you're so like mature for this like your age like, I wish I was that at that time but it's only because I was the polar opposite for so long and I can see what it is so it's cool it's kind of like you you know you ever meet those people that are 25 and they've stopped drinking and you're like oh why don't you drink anymore and they're like well I've just got it out all out of my system and I think that's quite a common story really like the people that sort of go hard and just like get it all out of the system earlier then they're the ones that are a bit more easygoing later on in life, I find, rather than the people that just have it bottled up. And so, yeah, I, I think that's part of it. I think also people are naive and want to try all these stimulants and everything, want to get it, you sort of want to do it. And it's sort of, you have to sort of do it then to realise, you sort of have to do it before you realise it's a bad, a bad thing. Yeah, it's so true. It's that old classic thing about the parenting thing. Like you, you tell them not to do something, it's it's gonna want them, it's gonna make them want to do it. You tell your like daughter not to wear certain clothes or your son not to, then that's gonna make them want to do it more. So you're better off just like letting nature take its course. And people people realize on their own, like if you want to try something, you'll try it and eventually you're gonna realize like it's it's not the right thing if it's not. So yeah, it's just something I picked up on because I'm at the minute reading the book Atom Habits. Mm-hmm. Atomic and I, Habits, that's yeah. When you were t- talking about compact interest, that yes. straight away made me think of it. And going on sort of from that, because pe- people, my audience aren't, who are listening might mm-hmm. not sort of know what compound interest is. Do you mind just sort of saying Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, yeah, the idea of compound interest is incredible. So, like how many times would you need to fold a piece of paper to reach the moon everyone anyone would say it's like hundreds of thousands but it's really something like um seven um to reach the moon let's have a look i'm pretty sure it's um yeah 30 times if you hold a piece of if you fold a piece of paper 30 times then you'll reach the moon and that's just insane to most people because you're like a piece of paper is like this thin but it's because it compounds so every time that piece of paper folds it doubles and it doubles and then it doubles on top of on top of itself until it's yeah it's huge and the same thing and the compound interest it relates to everything in your life so for example working out for five minutes a day that's nothing that's nothing to you you think five minutes a day it's not going to do much well you times that by five days a week so that's um 50 50 minutes a week 50 minutes a week times like five more weeks that's 250 minutes and then it it goes on top of itself and then before you know it like you've got a pretty decent body because you've been you've worked out thousands of times uh, thousands of minutes in the year so that's why the most important thing and that's what you'll read in atomic habits and the power of habit i'd recommend that book as well it's more kind of a bit more of an advanced version of it but that's another brilliant book it's that it's not about what you do it's about what you do consistently like you are the accumulation of what you do every day 
and that's pretty much what creates your life like your habits your everyday your everyday activities it doesn't matter that's why people when they start working out they're like yeah I'm gonna work out and then they start running like 10k three times a week like you can't keep that up if you're a beginner runner and then suddenly they skip one and they're like oh no I'll skip it for today I then then in their head they failed they're like okay I haven't managed to run I can't run but it's not the case like you don't need to you don't need to go all in straight away you, you can build it up you can go for a 2k and then a 3k and then a, and then maybe a 4k but then you don't need to just keep increasing it you just keep the consistency it's much better for you to run and this is a metaphor for life it's much better for you to run five minutes a day than for you to run a 10k every three months it's the same with working out and like um, lifting weights like so much better for you to work out three times a week than it is for you to work out like do a whole week every every few months because you want that consistency and then once you say that you've been working out three times a week for 30 years like you probably have the body of your dreams and that, that I've only really spoken about exercise, but the same thing goes for like work or like building a habit or if you're learning something and you're like, you, you want to um, like learn a course like every evening, one hour in your evening after work, it might not sound like much or even 30 minutes, it might not sound like much, but if you've then you put in about like 30, 40 hours over the year, think how much you can learn in 30, 40 hours if you could fit that into a day. So yeah, that's why the consistency is better. And that's what compound interest is all about um yeah that's what it is really like it's the same with investing actually um so for example index funds like you, if you invested um 30 years ago into the S&P 500 which is just basically the 500 um, most popular um american companies and that's what it's called the S&P 500 it's like wrapped into that sort of thing um you invested like 500 pound a month and it's a 10% interest every 10 percent um, increase every year for, for 30 years you'd have a million pounds today if you invested 500 pound a month that's not because it adds up that's because of the compound interest because that 10 percent goes on top of next year's 10 percent and then next year's 10 percent until you've got until you're a millionaire and all the successful people all the happy people in life know that they they understand compound interest and they utilize it in their life yeah 100 percent it's like my biggest thing at the minute is i'm trying to listen to an audio book 15 minutes a day and i'll try and do 15 minimum if i'm enjoying a book i might listen to it for an extra 15 minutes half an hour it depends but i just know as long as i've done 15 minutes of it a day yeah. and, I, and i pick a time in the evening when i sit down and listen to it and yeah and i'll just it, that's it yeah sort of new year's goal was to read sort of more it well listen to more audio books so that's what I've been, been doing. And I bet there's been a fair few times where you've gone to only listen to 15 minutes and you've listened to more. Yeah, that's happened yeah, a lot. And, and that's the thing. That's the power of habit. There's that productivity hack that's like the five-minute rule. If you're really struggling to do something, you're really procrastinating, do it for five minutes. I bet you, you once you're in the flow of things, um, you're going to continue and you're going to do it for a bit more because like, it's, it's much harder like psychologically for us to start something than for us to um, like continue with something, so with a task. So the start, the starting is the hardest part by far. It's only hard to start once you're in the flow of things. You're fine. Like it's not difficult. Your brain just thinks it's a lot harder th than it is because it's comfortable at that moment. In that moment when you're sitting at, you're sitting in the sofa and you're eating your popcorn. <laughs> you're like, oh, I can't be asked to, you know, get up 
go to the laptop, start typing. But once you're actually up and typing, it's not that difficult and you're just going to keep going. So, yeah, I use that all the time when I when I really can't be bothered to do something. Five minutes and I always end up doing more once you're in the flow. Yeah, this is, so that's exactly what's happened to me. In the, the, yeah. So, yeah. The, the, so you have the four, you credit four pillars uh of of your life uh, for your transformation and the first one being stoicism can you explain sort of the, the first pillar of that yeah so stoicism. stoicism is a philosophy founded in ancient greek greece about 300 bc i think by someone called zeno and um the basis around stoicism is um accept what you can't control, change what you can. So there's something called the serenity prayer. And it's something like, um, God gives me the courage to accept, no, God gives me the serenity to accept what I can't control, the courage to change what I can and the wisdom to know the difference. And I have that without the God uh, part, (laughs) I have that on my wall in my bathroom. So I see that every day. And that really does summarize stoicism, accepting what you can't control, but changing what you can. So the stoic triangle is something, I think it's created by someone that wrote the little book of stoicism. And that's the three prongs of stoicism, which is one, um, um, only, acting and caring about what you can control which is pretty much what i've spoken about um the second one is um if you're like if you're a stoic you need to um what was the second one um yeah accept what you can't control um and then god i've forgotten it now <laughs> i talk about it all the time as well um yeah so the middle so the middle bit of um the stoic triangle is called eudaimonia and that's basically what the stoics see as like the all-encompassing goal so eudaimonia is like you're happy you're at peace you're thriving it's just generally thriving in life and um i think that there's a different word for it in every, any sort of philosophy like the buddhists would call it enlightenment um and like uh, i think like nietzsche would call it like the superman or whatever it is in german and um yeah so for the Stoics, there's three three ways to um, be like a Stoic and find eudaimonia, and that's focusing on what you can control, um, taking responsibility. So that's a huge part of Stoicism. So whatever happens in life, and this is the first thing I said to myself when I started to, you know, get my life together. I was like, whatever happens, like I take full responsibility. It doesn't matter what. So a, a meteorite could have landed on Earth, and I'll be like, I should have prepared for myself better. Like somebody could have done something could completely throw me under the bus at work and I would say well I should have seen the signs I should have been more intuitive to realize that they might double cross me that they're not a trustworthy person so and that that is really is a cornerstone of like getting your life together it's just completely taking responsibility and third um living with arate that's what they call it but arate just means uh, your higher self and so the stoics I'm going to list out more things now but the stoics um talk about the four virtues and that's the four if you live by the four virtues then you are living um as your higher self which is self-discipline courage wisdom and justice um but yeah i'll stay on the track of the stoic triangle for now so they're the three things so living with your higher self taking responsibility and focusing on what you can't control what you can control and accepting what you can't and that's what stoicism is all about and um there are so many ways if for anyone who listening who wants to learn more about stoicism so the if if you're a complete beginner i recommend the little book of stoicism that's what i well i, I did read other stoic books before but that 
is the best starting point I find. There's a lot of other like modern day summaries. So Ryan Holiday, he's got lots of books around stoicism. Yeah, I was gonna say I've I've come across quite a lot of his stuff because I was like, that's one reason I wanted to have you on the podcast is because I I look at stoicism as well and I've found out of everything out there it's been the most useful and one thing I find incredible about it is it's really old philosophy but it still holds true a lot of it which is I find it's quite a powerful thing in itself it's incredible it's it's amazing like this was people thousands of years ago and something that Naval Ravikant I don't know if you've um, come across him but he's like this multi-millionaire investor uh, angel investor he's turned to more like philosophical like teachings now and he says how like for the new questions you'd you'd you wouldn't look past like 100 years if you wanted to learn a plane you wouldn't look past 100 years of teaching but wanting to be happy people human beings have been around with consciousness for like 70,000 years so you you'd look back the pe- people have figured that out before way before us and we can look back in time and we can find those people and that's where the stoics the buddhists the taoists the existentialists that's where they all come from because they they figured it out way be- way beyond us obviously we need people to translate it into modern times and that's where useful people like uh, ryan holiday or like napoleon hill okay he's not that modern but they they come in handy because um they basically take take those teachings and they bring it to a modern day audience because we live in a world where it's unprecedented that you can have like a computer in your hand any given moment like a, a laptop and work from home so we do have new challenges but overall the the general aspect of being happy that has been figured out years ago and that's why stoicism is still so powerful that's why it's had this resurgence um from people like um ryan holiday because yeah they it it still is like you say it's just still so relevant and yeah ryan holiday is definitely someone else that i would recommend he's got loads of good books um ego is the enemy um he's got a new one on courage and i think he's going to continue that series for the rest of the four virtues so courage self-discipline wisdom and justice um but then there's also the old books that where stoicism started so um, the four main Stoics, I think, so Socrates, he was, a, he had a lot of Stoic philosophy. Who else? So Seneca is one of the most famous Stoics. Um, and um, Epictetus. And then finally, Marcus Aurelius, who might be the most famous one, probably is the most famous one. So he was known as like last of the Roman, uh, last of the good Roman emperors. And um, he wrote every night in his journal. And he, all of his like, ideology was founded from stoicism the stoicism before him because he was one of the last ones and he this was like the most powerful man in the world like more powerful than like jeff bezos or um like even um joe biden or anyone like that because the roman empire was bigger than anything and he was the head of it and he was writing in his um journal just talking about how he can be better tomorrow how he can be a better person how he can accept what he can't control and it's surreal when you realize that somebody that powerful has the same day-to-day worries that we have and um yeah that's why it's such a monumental book like meditation i think it's like the most translated book of all time uh, behind the bible it's, don't quote me on that but i think it's something like that but yeah just i would recommend looking into stoicism for anyone really yeah just so so much so much out there now as well which is good yeah i think the biggest thing i've personally taken from it is the dichotomy of control i think that's mm. like the biggest biggest one because you just 
when you don't have to worry about things you can't control, it's a weight off your shoulder, really. It changed my life. It changed my life. When I was reading The Little Book of Stoicism that time a few years ago, and it was literally the most simple terms like that that's what i that's what i like the most like when people take complex um like um ideas and turn them into easy to bite easy to understand bites and that's what it was like i read it and i was like every like you, you just if you're worrying about something just write a line in the middle of a page write on one side things i can control the other side things i can't control list them out forget about everything you can't control it's just it's it's like it's an incredible feeling you're just like that that stuff doesn't matter it it's almost like it doesn't need to exist in your mind in your perception all that really matters is our perception that's the only thing if i was colorblind and i only saw blue and red like yellow the idea of yellow just wouldn't be anything to me because it wouldn't exist well just forget about everything that you can't control accept it and you will be happier like there's no doubt about it that's all anxiety is it's resistance to what you can't control that's the cognitive behavioral therapy is probably the most um you widely used um system in therapy these days and that's all based around stoicism it's changing your perception to let you focus on what you can control and accepting what you can't and that's literally almost happiness in a nutshell and yeah so I'm not surprised that's had the effect on you because everyone I know that has realised that it's, it's like a weight off your shoulder, like you say. I mean, I do get, though, a bit of, like, the people, sometimes when I do tell them about it, though, I do get, not backlash, just a bit strong, but uh, some people are a bit sceptical. They're like, well, if it's that easy, what, you know, if it's that easy, why is not everyone doing it? And it's like, well... It is easier said than done sometimes. Mm. You know, there's no one saying that it isn't, but it's good to try and do that for the most part with things. Exactly, because it's not easy. Like, it's not at the end of the day. Like, our brains, we're human beings that have been, like, our brains started from millions of years, like, in the African savannah, trying to survive, trying not to get eaten by tigers. So our brain is hardwired to find instant gratification to try and be the best of our tribe to find um like to try and find the 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 ripest sweet and just eat as much as we can for it our brain is working against us day to days because that's what it needs to do to survive that's what it thinks it needs to do to survive it's malfunctioned because it doesn't um match up with today's society like life is a lot easier now we don't need to worry that like if for example if somebody in our tribe millions of years ago i don't know how long don't quote me, I'm not a history person, but if our, if um, someone in our tribe was gossiping about us, that would be life or death because we might get killed because if they don't think we're trustworthy, then we'll probably die and they'll find someone else in the tribe or they won't need us anymore. Well, our brain still thinks like that. Our, our brain still thinks if someone's gossiping about us, if someone's talking about us behind our back, then they're in our tribe and they want to kill us. But it's just not the case anymore. Today, people don't like that. That's If somebody's gossiping about you, it's beyond your control and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to your sense of self. It doesn't matter to who you are. It doesn't matter to like your day-to-day life. It doesn't mean you're, gonna, you're not going to get murdered. You're not going to get harmed, most probably. So it's okay. And that's why it's so hard. Like I understand why people say that because it is difficult. And I think that is part of it. Like our brain doesn't, like it's easy in logically but emotionally the emotional side um is what often takes over in those times of panic and those times of stress and 
and that takes over people's minds because it is it, difficult when those chemicals are all running you in your mind and you're like oh my god like how how can i possibly accept what i can't control like my life is over well it's not just take, take a deep breath go back to the present moment realize like what truly matters what is within your control what's not within your control focus on what is within your control and um just learn to accept that and this is what um i heard in the power of now which is another of my favorite books of all time if you can't accept it accept that you can't accept it at least you're accepting something if you if you really can't accept the fact that you lost like that tournament just accept that you can't accept it that that's fine you're accepting something you're accepting a part of your life you're accepting that emotion and like you will still feel that weight off your shoulders so yeah, that, that's that's what it's all about, really. A any sort of philosophy, whether it's Buddhism, like it's the same thing. It's, it's purely acceptance, acceptance of the present moment, acceptance of what you can't control, and just it, yeah, just plain acceptance, and that is like happiness, really. Yeah, a bit like what you said. I read the chimps, chimps paradox. Yeah. This is exactly you've got you've got sort of two brains. You've got a human brain and you've got a monkey brain. Mm. and the monkey brain is very reactionary and it is still living in that savannah mm -hmm. where things are threat so it thinks everything everything is a if is a threat even that it's not in our modern worlds so as you as you say we've still got a lot of um a lot of old hardware in our brain that isn't that isn't used to all, all the things nowadays necessarily that's why social media is such a bad thing or mm. can be in, in yeah. some instances yeah 100 percent. and the social media companies like we all know it now like they gear towards what keeps us addicted to the phones and stuff because they know how our mind works they know how our chimp mind works and the chimp paradox exactly it that, that's another book i would definitely recommend to everybody because it it splits everything up because it doesn't mean that the chimp mind like we all have this animal mind doesn't mean that's the bad side of us it's not good and evil it's just it's part of us we wouldn't we wouldn't survive about it we would put our hand on a hot flame and not want to take it away if we didn't have that chimp mind it is a good thing we just need to work with it we need to manage it we just need to realize that um it is part of our life but we can work with it and we can be its friend and we can choose to be logical when we need to be and use take parts of that chimp mind it's good to be emotional it's good to be passionate it's fine to be emotional it's fine to be angry at something as long as you don't let it out in like a bad way it's okay to feel those emotions and I think that's what a lot of unhappiness comes from because people don't think that they should feel this emotion I feel like one of the like the best way to be happy is to stop worrying about not being happy <laughs> so stop worrying that you're not happy everyone wants to think about what's wrong with them like instead like we can learn to accept our emotions accept our thoughts like our thoughts aren't bad things even those ne negative like bad thoughts they're just thoughts when you look at this and this is goes back to stoicism and alan watts who was i don't know if you know him but he was a um he like translated um a lot of like the old eastern philosophies back in like the 60s or the 50s and he kind of like sparked the hippie movement in california and he went over there and stuff and everyone became hippies um and he would say how like your thoughts are just as important your thing if you look into complete detail at your thoughts they're just neurotransmitters bouncing around your brain right so why is that any more significant or any more important as like a butterfly 
like flying onto a leaf or a leaf falling off a thing or my me like moving my keyboard or my mouse they're they're all just little parts of nature little details of nature and your thoughts aren't important they're just as important as that in uh, the stoics like to say memento mori which means remember that you'll die in latin so it's the idea like you're gonna die like life isn't that serious no one will remember you um there was times before you there'll be times after you the fact that we're even alive on a planet on a like floating rock through space is like baffling anyway it doesn't make any sense so just take a step back realize take take the perspective and realize life's it's, it's okay like life's not that important the fact that you said that embarrassing thing in your work meeting yesterday doesn't really matter no one's going to remember it if they do it doesn't matter anyway so yeah it's just taking a step back just accepting it and just realizing and disconnecting yourself from it just realizing it's, it's all right it's okay yeah and again i'm going to reference Another bit, I swear that's all we were going to be doing. Some podcasts <laughs> reference. I didn't expect anything else. <laughs> but um, the one bit that really sticks out for me, as personally, out is just the suitable art of not giving a fuck. Mm. Is is a, I found that so like that's probably my best like self help book I've read today. I think I read it about a year ago now, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just because I've just started to get into reading books that help you, you know, like self-development mm. books. I do try and read fiction as well, but that one stepped out and uh, it was, I heard, I think it was Tate Hollanday talking about how Mark, Mark, Mark Manson's book mm. actually is quite stoic, even though in the book, I, was like, I think Mark Manson says that it isn't, it isn't a stoic book, but there's still quite a lot of core principles and I think a lot of people misunderstand the book because some people who are listening now is, is thinking oh well, that book just makes it sound like you just don't care about anything but it's it's not it's more about what you choose to care about and what you don't and what is worth caring about and what isn't yeah yeah I understand the Greece. I didn't actually, I never actually finished that book. I remember starting reading it and I was just, I, I'd read a lot of self-help books leading up to it. And I was just like, oh, I don't know if That's I could do another one, self-help. Yeah. yeah. And then I just, but yeah, like I've, I've heard a lot of people say similar things about it. And it's true. Like those sort of books, they, they might, they, what they do is they cater to a certain audience. So Mark Manson was very intelligent. He knew that there's a, it's, it's like an anti-self-help book because people that don't usually read self-help books still want to be happy everybody wants to be happy but some people see self-help as corny they don't like the idea of staring in a mirror and saying I'm an amazing person I'm going to be rich like some people don't feel uncomfortable with that and that's completely like fair enough and he's done very well to cater to that audience that that wouldn't want to do that and he but then the basis of his book is the same it's it's about like stoicism it's about letting go of things that really don't matter and that is literally what every single self-help book has sort of been trying to say but everybody's just been catering to slightly different audiences and I think he's done really well and I think it's a very very good book and I think he yeah he deserves all like the credit that he's got I think yeah yeah because I think it's as you said it's not a typical self-help book some people go it's anti-establishment but by doing that he says that actually by doing all those things that you're taught in some other self-help books you're actually sort of doing damage, really, in, in, in an ironic way. He said, by not caring about things, you start to strip all that back and you really do start to worry about what you what you can worry about, what, what else you, you can't. Because you, 
in a real day life, you would think you'd want to uh, worry about everything, but you just physically can't and you exhaust yourself mm-hmm. mentally as well. That's really good. And that's a, that's actually part of um, like CBT as well. Like if if you're really like worrying about something or that or you're just stressed about something if you physically try to like that's irrational if you physically try to think of it like try to make yourself like if you're incredibly worried about being sick or like being um being like getting ill or having a panic attack try to make yourself sick or this is a this is a good part of like panic attacks for anyone that has panic attacks as well um so when you're having a panic attack you think you're having a heart attack your 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 mind is convincing you you're having a heart attack you if you sit there and you're like you physically try to have a heart attack like try like you just sit and just like right I'm gonna have a heart attack you really really try you want to like you'll find something amazing happens and you don't you can't like you can't force yourself to have a panic um, a heart attack or a panic attack or force yourself to be sick without anything physically obviously and that's the same goes with like your thoughts your negative thoughts try to think of them like make it a game make it a good thing to have those thoughts make it a good thing to do those things and you'll find that you don't actually want to do it you don't have room for it inside you like it's negative and it's only your resistance. It's only the resistance to your thoughts. Because if you have a bad thought, so say you have the thought, I am ugly, that thought isn't the bad thing. It's your idea behind the thought. If you say, oh, I'm such a horrible, why, why do I say this to myself? Why am I telling myself I'm ugly? Oh, God. That's the bad part. The bad part isn't the I am ugly part. That's fine. Just, just let it sit. Just let it, just let it go through you. That's fine. It's the negative parts behind it that creates the stress. And I think that's an important lesson like for any side of life. So what advice would you give to people that maybe want to change but they're scared to change well first like forgive yourself like it, it's completely understandable the hardest thing you'll ever do in life is to be yourself it's to get out of your comfort zone and so just forgive yourself for those emotions before and just realize that each moment is a new moment all that matters is the present moment right here right now if you look back at your past and you're like oh i spent all those years um like depressed and I spent all those years like talking myself down and stuff that's going to make you feel worse so it's better to just take each moment as it comes try to be present in the moment that you're in so yeah be present just each moment that you have just just try to be aware of yourself aware of what you say to people about yourself aware of what you think you don't have to judge it you don't have to try and change it you don't have to just just be aware that's the first step just being complete awareness of yourself and of each present moment and then it'll, things will start to come. You'll realise, oh, okay, I do that. Oh, okay, I think like that. Oh, okay, when um, when like I get a message at work, I open Reddit, or when um, somebody um, says something negative to me, like I I, I tend to shut down, and I, I you'll, you'll just start to notice things. And once you have that basis awareness and you understand yourself a bit better, thing life will start to get a bit easier. Yeah. So your your second pillar, you you've said is uh, reading uh if you could recommend one book that everyone should read what, what would it be i know we've Power said a lot now. already yeah we said a lot and they can take I, i've i've got so many lists and there's a list on my website as well that i can send you as well um to put in the bio or anything but um the power of now definitely that was the book that changed me the most i'd say if you're a beginner like to every to self-improvement completely the little book of stoicism um and if not, if you've read a few and you're just starting getting into it, The Power of Now, definitely, because that is probably the book that changed everything for me. Like, I, I was happy before, but that made me 
not need anything else like that made that happiness is one thing peace is another happiness is the chemicals in your mind and y you can maximize the amount like you happiness might not be a choice but you can definitely influence it and I, I i don't know happiness is a choice in one aspect because you can do a lot to change it but in terms of like the chemicals that appear in your mind obviously you can't shrink yourself down and go into your mind and create endorphins and dopamine but yeah in terms of um you, you can find happiness externally through a lot of things like working out exercising finding meaningful relationships um, getting outside the poverty line um, increasing like um, the amount of time you spend on things that you're passionate about so all of these things everybody knows everybody knows really like they will improve your mental health but then there's that other side of things there's the internal happiness so I always get people say like I do all those I do all the things that people say like I do everything I work out I'm I eat well um I I've cut out all my negative friends and like I don't watch porn and I'm I'm amazing like but I'm not happy why is this like who lied to me no one lied to you you're just you're focusing on the wrong thing your goal is happiness it shouldn't be happiness your goal is to do those things your goal is to like the process I know it's the cliche like it's the journey not the destination but it's true like your goal is to aim for those things aim to improve yourself every day aim to be present aim to meditate aim to work out and then you'll find like that what you actually need is like to accept and be grateful for the present moment that's the internal happiness side of things the external happiness is all those things i, I spoke about that everybody knows the internal side of happiness is in this present moment right now say to yourself right take a deep breath and say i, I don't need anything else right now there's nothing else i need the it's, the buddhists say it's the gap between contentment and desire that gap that's that's true happiness that's peace you find that gap as much as you can throughout your life as much as you can throughout your day you'll realize that life isn't that serious and that you don't need anything else anything extra to be happy and yeah you just it's almost like um like the clouds go and you're in the sun <laughs> quite a cliche but yeah the, the power of now is the book that i would recommend for that cool uh sorry i had to mute it um that's right but, um so it, it, obviously earlier on in the podcast you talked about it transformation how did your um family react to that and that i think um they were just grateful really um like i've improved the relationship with my mum which was the main thing and we get on really well now um so same with all my family like i yeah i i guess um it's almost like I was like undoing all the wrongs really throughout the the self-improvement journey and stuff and I, I think it's just grateful like wh when you're happy you have less arguments with people you you because you care less you, you have no sense of self that can break there's no part of you that's you're in an argument and you're like I need to defend myself I need to like and this is what like family arguments usually come from because I have a sense of self this person has a sense of self if they win the argument I feel like that's wounded myself sense of self and vice versa when you lose that sort of sense of self and you lose that ego and you're just like well, well I understand your view <laughs> I understand then thing life is just easier your relationships are just easier to do um, and that's definitely something that's carried on to like my family and my relationship with my family so it's just it's just a sense of gratitude I think I don't think they knew the extent of what my life was like beforehand um, which is probably a good thing they don't ever need to but <laughs> um, yeah I think it's just gratitude all round and um, 
I think I would recommend it to anyone like you you'll just if you get your life together you just focus on yourself as an individual everyone around you will be happier and you will be too so so social media apps can be a useful tool but there's also a huge also a huge attraction how do you think you strike a, a balance between that but also maximizing uh, productivity that's a very good question and a very important one right now. So what I did when I was going through this journey, I was like, right, any sort of content that I consume that isn't valuable, I'm just going to delete. And I think you need to do that. If you're, if you're, cause I, I don't know about you, but and I'm sure a lot of people will relate to this, but I would literally just come home from work, find myself 7 PM. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm still scrolling on Twitter and you don't even remember it happening. It's muscle memory. And that's the habit that your mind creates because it's comfortable it's comfortable to look through it wants to be like like we've said previously like the social media companies know that it's they're making it addictive it's like um what those sort of machines you get in like the pubs the pubs where you can like the gambling machines i can't think of the name at the moment but um because sometimes you win because sometimes you get a piece of content that you find really interesting. Sometimes you lose because something makes you angry and your brain feeds off that. It really wants to feel that sort of, oh, what am I going to get? What am I going to get on the next scroll? And so I just decided to delete all the apps that were causing that sort of addiction, get rid of them completely, um, make it or make it really difficult. So log out on everything, um, delete the app. And if you need to use Twitter or if you need to use Instagram, you'll have to go on Safari and you have to sign in every time, making that, that a little bit difficult. He talks about it in Atomic Habits, um, James Clear, and this, um, yeah, that's a really good. So anything that was like that, and then if and then if I felt better afterwards, then I wouldn't re-download it. So I re-downloaded Instagram because I never really went on it that much anyway. So I just go on Instagram ready to check messages. Um, what else? Twitter, I deleted my account completely and I re and I made a new account which was completely focused on like my brand, my personal brand, geology. And I only followed people that I actually wanted to follow that were part of this sort of niche. Um, what else? What other apps are there? Facebook, never really, never it wasn't difficult to get rid of that. <laughs> Not much on there really. Um TikTok is the difficult one. Now I now I downloaded TikTok. I downloaded TikTok about a year ago and I started posting. And I tell you what, as much as I talk about all of this, I'm finding it difficult to stay off my for you page. <laughs> um, so what I do at the moment is I give myself time limits. So I say I'm only allowed to go on my for you page on TikToks if I'm in the bathroom. So that's the only time I allow myself. And if I'm not in the bathroom and I'm on TikTok, my brain's telling me my brain because it's not a habit. My brain's like, you shouldn't be doing this right now. So make it difficult. Give yourself a time period when you're allowed to do those things, when you're allowed to scroll Instagram, maybe um, between like two like a lunchtime once you finish eating until your lunch finishes that's when you're allowed to scroll instagram and then don't allow yourself to go on it any other time and your brain will know when you're on it so yeah that's a good recommendation but i need to take my own advice because i'm really struggling on tiktok <laughs> oh, well, i think everyone is because to be honest <laughs> yeah. i go on there scrolling and i'm like oh fucker it's been half an hour yeah I'm like where's time gone but i won't so knock easily it, done i won't knock it too much because that is how I discovered you. So, very true, very true. <laughs> I won't knock it too much. So, um, what's your sort? What's your favourite way of relaxing? So, my the way I relax really. So, I'm started kickboxing about a year and a half ago. I do that. Um, I done a competition on Sunday. I done like two competitions. Um, 
so I do that twice a week sparring which and this is what I mean like we talk about being present being present isn't just meditating with your like hands on your laps and cross-legged meditating is every anytime you're completely immersed in the present moment so find things that make you feel that way that make you really present and you're in your flow state and you feel like nothing in the world exists except for this moment right now and pursue it and make the most of it and that's with kickboxing when I'm sparring like I feel I definitely feel that when I'm working out and I'm lifting weights like that that's what I feel I take walks every day um at lunchtime without foul take my dog out to the field opposite and I don't take my phone with me because that defeats the whole object I yeah I just go walk and just stay present just like your mind wanders that's fine like but then just bring it back to the moment look at the grass in front of you how green it is look at the skyline like I have a beautiful skyline of London I can see Wembley London Eye um, Canary Wharf and it's it's an incredible skyline and I look at that every every day and yeah you just completely like immerse yourself in the present moment feel a part of nature that's what that's what these philosophies try and teach you're just as part of nature as a tree or a leaf just because you have like a heartbeat doesn't make any difference just just realize that you are part of that and um that is relaxing that is relaxing like if if you're in the present moment you're relaxing that's what I feel because your mind's at rest there's no voice in your head there's no chatter and that's truly how to relax I don't think relaxing needs to be laying in bed watching a Netflix film because often you're not like your brain might be off but it's not really because it's in the background churring and it's like building this negative habit so yeah um walks um exercise like kickboxing um working out I go I'm a big football fan. I go to Chelsea games a lot. I can see you're an Arsenal fan. I didn't want to mention it, but uh, I am, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Go to go to a few Chelsea games. Um, just go out. Yeah, try to spend time with my friends. Like just because I talk about like I talk as if um, I'm a recluse. I'm not. I go out on the weekend. I still drink alcohol, but I limit myself to like four drinks, and I'm very careful. I always bring a bottle of water out with me. Um, and yeah, I spend time with my girlfriend, you know, we go out for dinners. Like I, I live a normal life. It probably sounds like I'm a monk <laughs> listening to this podcast, but I live a normal life and, um, but you can live a normal life and be present and try to be enlightened and try to do better and, um, improve yourself in the process. It's, they're, they're not, mu- they're mutually, inclu- uh, what's the word? Mutually conclusive. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the word. Yeah. Cause that's one thing we've sort of talked about stoicism a lot. Mm. There's, a, there's a common thing if you follow that you're going to be quite a boring yeah restrictive person that doesn't do a lot but that 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 couldn't be far from actually the truth mm. of it really it's rubbish it's rubbish you you read old but old like lessons on the stoics they had their orgies they they drank their wine they they had a good time don't worry about that <laughs> the Sto- stoicism is like people, people misinterpreted there's like epictetus who's like the hardcore one he was a slave and he was very much you know he he would refuse any any sort of applause like if a student came up to him afterwards and was like wow this was an amazing lesson he would get angry at him he wouldn't want anything but look at Seneca he had a house full of like expensive like uh, jewelry and um, furniture and stuff he liked the finer things in life I'm sure that yeah a lot of them like I said they had their orgies they had drunk their wine it's not about just living a boring life it's about just living a life where you understand your limits um, you take responsibility and you focus on what you can control and you just try to live up to your values, try to 
live up to the courage, wisdom, justice, and self-discipline. You're never going to be perfect. You're never going to be the sage. That's what the Stoics called it, the sage, which was like the ideal person, the person who reaches eudaimonia. You're never going to be that person. Um, you're never going to be the Buddha. That's okay. You're not, you're not trying to be the Buddha. You're trying, you're, it's the goal. It's the process of trying to improve yourself, aiming for these. And you've got to give yourself a bit of slack. You've got to give yourself time to do things that you enjoy and let your hair down because that wouldn't really be life like you wouldn't be experiencing things the whole point of being a stoic is experiencing things and then you make your like decision about whether that's right for you you've got to experience them first because like like we were saying right at the beginning we were saying like the people that um never drink alcohol then they let it bottle up like, i'm not saying everyone that doesn't drink alcohol but some people that don't ever drink and then they let it bottle up and then they're 25 and they start going out with friends and suddenly they've turned crazy and like i've seen it with people that i went to school with that didn't do any sort of drugs or anything and now then they go to uni and it's ridiculous like much more than like anything i've ever done and it's it's because they've just kind of bottled it up if you feel you have an urge to do an experience, like do the experience and just see how your body reacts and how your mind reacts and whether it's good for you. I think, um, yeah. So yeah, like you say, people people imagine, because you know what it is, Piers Morgan uses the word stoic a lot and he uses it in the wrong sense. He uses it in the sense of emotionless he's, and like he's hard. He's, he's definitely, he's, he's definitely not, not he's a stoic. <laughs> look down his twitter feed he's not a stoic he's far too obsessed with politics and the, the next big scandal um but yeah that, that he's probably kind of um ruined the image a little bit more but no stoics, stoics are in tune with their emotions they're not hard they're not trying to be um they're not trying to like be emotionless no they, they're trying to accept their emotions and be in tune with them and understand themselves deeply and some people misinterpret it it is because it's normal to to get overly emotional these days and that's fine but that's the norm these days and that's why when you see somebody who is a bit more enlightened who is a bit more happy it's strange yeah definitely people are very reactionary now but a bit like what you were saying people think it's a luxury strict lifestyle and you almost become a monk it's 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 not like that a bit like what you were saying you're not a recluse that just stays at home you you've got a normal life Mm, exactly yeah I, I go out have a few beers watch the football put maybe put a few bets on like I, I just know my limits now I just I just understand myself and this is all comes down to awareness if you have complete awareness of yourself you notice every time you're doing something if you notice when you're every time you scan your contactless card you just you take a take a note of that right okay I've just paid that much paid that much you take a notice of every time your your self-talk when you're talking to people and you say yeah I'm so bad with money I'm poor like notice when you're saying those things and when you start to notice things you'll start to realize what you're doing wrong what you're what you could improve on that self-talk like maybe you shouldn't be telling people you're bad with money maybe that consistency will catch up with you and your brain will want to um, live according to those rules so maybe you should switch that around saying right I'm trying to get better with money because your brain will pick up on that your subconscious mind is a powerful thing and um, yeah that that's what it's all about just it all comes down to awareness yeah, you sometimes believe the narrative in your in your mind, uh, and it's how you talk to yourself. It's like I heard once actually quite a good thing where someone said, "You wouldn't talk to your friend like that, so why yeah. would you talk to yourself like that?" I love that. Yeah, yeah. I um, Jordan Peterson, I think he says, "Talk to uh, treat yourself like someone you're responsible for helping," and it's so true. Like you would never say to your mum, like 
oh, why, why don't you just be happy? Why do you have to be like this? Why, why do you have to be so ugly? <laughs> you would never say that to your mum. So why would you say it to yourself? You wouldn't expect anyone to say that to you, anyone to say that to you. So what, what gives you the right to say it to yourself? Like you're a human being just like anyone else. Like give yourself some slack. So I saw something on Twitter. Um, so you once said on Twitter, life is too short not to ask new people interesting, interesting questions. What interesting question, questions uh, would you like to ask me? <laughs> on its head. Wow, that is a good question. Uh, <laughs> you have flipped it on your head. I think, I think this is the question that really... Um, centers all of the work that I do probably most of the thoughts that I have and like what is the definition of happiness for you there's a definition of happiness for me I mean not for happiness but I guess life would sort of cross over into happiness or sort of I don't know if meaning meaning of life count as happiness because it's the only way I can sort of think how I would and then, and then what's and then what would be the meaning of life to you to me it's what you do what you do between life and death really whatever you whatever if you can help someone or just whatever you feel your time here between life and death you feel you you would add means the world to do that or whatever you want to experience before you're not here, experience it. Like experience things like once, like you might experience it once and go, you know what, that's not for me. I won't do it next time. Yeah, that's a brilliant summary. And it's true. Yeah, that's what it is. Like the meaning of life, there's no answer, is there? It's, it's a, that's why I love that question. And that's why I hate small talk because <laughs> I like getting, you, I want to get people to, the place where they're talking emotionally as quick as possible. I don't want to talk about the weather. No one likes talking about the weather. You want to talk about whether you like what you do for a living. You want to talk about your relationship with your family because it's interesting. You, you feel a deep connection with somebody when you talk about those meaningful things. Like right then when you were talking about the meaning of life, it makes like it makes me think of like, wow, like, yeah, what's the meaning of my life? And I wonder what other people think about this. And it just shows like the meaning of life isn't something objective it's completely subjective and every like you are six billion people and you get six billion answers and I think that that's the beauty of it really because life is whatever like that this is something that the existentialists believe life is the meaning of life is what you want the meaning to be and when you believe that when you have that as an underlying belief then you have freedom because you have the freedom to decide what you want your own life to look like what experiences you want to try and who you want to be with and like that that is really why we're fortunate in this day and age to sort of have that sort of freedom but yeah as a yeah i enjoyed yeah. that answer. yeah because the, re the reason i went to sort of life is because as you alluded to happiness is everything which is why when you said that it made me it made me instantly uh maybe instantly think of think of that, that one dog? yeah this dog going yeah instantly. i've got one downstairs he was barking but not loud enough not quite loud enough <laughs> yeah um but yeah, as you say, that's that's what I that's what when you said it, it made me think of life instead, because as you said, happiness is it's everything, and that's why I went sort of thought of that about that when you said it. Yeah, yeah, and it's so yeah, it's true. Like 
like I say, um, like if you're colorblind or if you see a certain way, like that is your perception of life. No one can tell you differently. Like there's no such thing as red if you can't see red. And so all happiness is, is our perception. Like it doesn't matter. Like there are people that have like so much less than us that aren't in third, first world countries, yet they might be happier than people like our next door neighbor. And that surely that proves that happiness isn't based off your external, it's completely your own perception. Like, yeah, hundred percent. And that's, that's, and that's sort of gratitude that we should keep in mind. Like if we were born a thousand, it's complete luck that we were born in 2020, well, I wasn't born in 2022, but um, with complete luck that we're born this time of life instead of a thousand years ago where only a third of people would get through childhood alive and life expectancy was below 50. Like it's complete luck. And it's complete luck that we live in a first world country. It's a complete luck that we can do the things we do. We have a computer in front of us that can, um, in that we can have this conversation and have never met in person like people need to realize like it is pure luck that you even have food on your table and once you realize that that helps to be present because you find it a lot easier to be present when you're grateful and th yeah there's that, there's that famous saying that goes it's not that happy people are grateful it's that grateful people are happy and I think that summarizes it what you've said really yeah so what I want to ask is how do you how do you come up with the concept for your your videos? Is it just books you've read or is it just do you research before you're about to make a video? Um, books that I've read, um, I've read a lot of books now, um, just things that um, YouTube videos that I watch, like just for inspiration. And it's, it's something that I'm thinking about all the time. It's not like um, I have to, I, I sit down one day and I'm like, right, I need to crank out um, seven video ideas for the week. Uh, it's just literally uh, it's on my mind all the time so I'll just be on a walk and I'll be like oh I'll remember that one write it down and then maybe I'll do a bit of research behind it because obviously I want to be very veritable so I'll do a bit of research behind it maybe and make sure that it's um, like accurate and then yeah I'll just write it up but then I also use like sales technique like um, the the video that went viral that got like me a few followers that started to, where it started to pick up was like four books still make you the smartest person in the room and I got a little backlash like saying like oh you're you're you can't be that smart um like um smartest person in the room you shouldn't be in that room anyway and obviously it was exaggeration like it was just a catchy clickbaity title <laughs> to get people to see my more meaningful content and to to get them to read those books and to improve themselves but um yeah so I come up with ideas just from just like in my everyday life because it's completely on my, it's always on my mind obviously when I'm reading books and like watching inspiration and yeah and things like that and then you have to make like to to get anywhere in life like you have to know a bit of sales you have to know a bit of um copywriting and advertising and the psychology behind persuasion and I, I'm lucky because I've always been interested in that and um yeah and it's that that's part of the reason where I, how I've got like the followers that they've come in just because I've um, made sure that I, I do make it a bit catchy and it's a bit more fun as well like it's a bit boring to say oh free books that you'll enjoy <laughs> like just just make it jazz it up a bit no one's gonna it's not a big deal just be like free books that make you smartest person in the room it's obviously exaggeration I think um uh yeah and so I, I keep on that sort of thing yeah I think people just need to chill out and just <laughs> yeah just oh take a chill pill definitely on tiktok it's quite a surprise as i went into length to to comment on that but 
people have I've been. Had a few. I've had quite a lot. I've had quite a lot about that. <laughs> yeah, I think just take it with a pinch of salt. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's, just, um, it's just a catchy title. It's no, it's not gonna harm you. <laughs> so what are your videos like come across the TikTok? It's quite interesting, called talking about the phenomenon the call of the void. So, mm, yes. Yeah. I found that quite quite interesting, but the people that don't know what 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 it what is it? What is that phenomenon? So, right. So have you ever been like on a cliff? And you just like have an urge to just jump off or somewhere high up on a balcony, you have the urge to jump off or even worse, which has happened. You're on a train, you're on train station and you have like the little urge, like a voice in your head telling you to jump in. Right. So that's a very common phenomenon. And they even have a word for it in French. I'm not going to say it because I can't pronounce French, but they have a word for it in French with builders who tend to when they're the top of like a crane, they have the urge to jump off and, and um it's not it doesn't mean you're suicidal or it doesn't mean you're murderous it's actually a very common thing and it's just like part of our everyday psychology don't forget like we have chimp minds our chimp minds all they want to do is survive all they want to do is do things that are interesting and um like find out yeah how to survive and how to get the next meal and reproduce like they're completely irrational and that's where it comes from you wouldn't ever do those things because somebody that would jump like do those things would be someone very suicidal obviously um so don't worry about it just let it pass it's just a very interesting part of philosophy and um, psychology and the reason i find it so interesting is because like to a less extreme version like that's what we're doing every day we're taking thoughts seriously that aren't serious like like i said like if you if you hear in your head like oh, i'm ugly i'm short i'm annoying people don't like me like it's only you taking those thoughts seriously that is the problem. The thoughts aren't the problem. The call to void isn't the problem. Jump, thinking like you're going to jump in a train track and never doing it in 70 years, you clearly don't, you're clearly not suicidal. That's not the problem. It's just the fact that you need to just relax and realize that your thoughts aren't who you are. They just, just disconnect from them. And um, yeah, just don't take them so seriously. Yeah, another thing I'm guilty of, but I should do more is um there's a question to why to other people listen to this why is so important but why you might do it yourself why is meditation so important meditation is important because um like i say like everything the, the starting point for being happy is awareness you want to be aware of yourself you want to understand yourself be aware you need to be completely in the moment because that is that moment, like I said, between desire and contentment. That's that moment. So before you desire something else, you're content. You want to stay in that moment and you want to be okay with that moment. So meditation, it doesn't have to be like you sitting on the ground humming. It can just be accepting your thoughts. So just turn everything off. Just sit wherever you are, whatever you want to do. Close your eyes. You don't have to close your eyes and just let every thought just appear just let them appear that everybody says oh i can't people always say to me i can't meditate i get distracted that's part of the meditation that's part of it you actually meant you actually meant to be crap at it yeah yeah it's so true i i i need to get back on it i did it for a while it really helped but i do need to yeah get get back on i mean i did it the other morning but Mm. then i've had a break from it how long do you do it for don't do it long it, I only do it for five minutes. That, that's fine. But, that's but, literally fine. Yeah. But doing it, doing something's better than nothing. 
a hundred percent and like we said it's the consistency it's the habit that matters honestly some some days if i've had a long day it's late at night and i want to just get to sleep i literally do about i do three minutes and there's been times when i've done even less than that because i just I, I, I sometimes i just don't want to all that matters is you're building the habit and you're just having that time to be present and accept everything that goes in in your head you get those negative thoughts you get that embarrassing thing you did when you were 13 come up <laughs> that's all right that's part of the meditation you do realize it when you do it sorry it's right you do realize no, that's right you do it you do realize there's a lot of self-talk and you actually don't exactly. realize until you have five minutes to yourself 100 percent. and then that is the same thing that's happening in your brain the whole way through the day that is going on throughout your brain the whole way through your day so meditation just lets you get used to that voice you're used to that voice you start to get comfortable with it and you start to disidentify with it you start to think not that important i can live with it i can live with that voice it's really not that important it, i'm not going to take it serious and that's that's the habit that you want to build that will help you throughout your day so if you have that meditation practice and you start to get used to that voice you start to accept it then that will help you throughout your day and you'll be able to, you'll just be happier throughout the day because when that those thoughts come up when you're actually doing things you won't take it so seriously that's all that's all it is just not taking that voice in your head so serious and the other thing i've had is when i've said to people about it and they're like, they're like oh i can't do it and they're all they've gone oh i've tried it but the breathing yeah but i'm like the breathing is important to do but the main thing is is the main thing to do is when you hear self-talk just go back to whatever it is i mean you're you're like false your point of what you concentrate on doesn't have to be your breath it can be like the beat of your heart or mm. sound in the distance it's mm. just concentrating on that sound and when you get a fault just going okay i've got a fault yeah. and then going back to the noise or whatever exactly. it is i think people's people think their vocal point should be breathing but i personally when i do it i don't do it to breathe and i do it listen to my heartbeat and i yeah. listen to that and just concentrate on that and then when some self-talk or i get distracted i'll just go back to it yeah exactly and that's what's really useful about yeah those sort of pillars you just repeat it and repeat it mm, yeah i know a lot of people and if you really struggle like people can with your breathing you can count your breathing so you breathe in that's one you breathe out you two you reach 10 and then you start again that's a good technique or you can do like box breathing where you breathe in hold um for four seconds um hold it for four seconds breathe out for four seconds hold it for four seconds but like you say it can be anything anything in your like vicinity that you could um just concentrate on the birds singing in the background like just anything the whole point is just to completely get used to being in your skin, get used to that voice in your head, and that will carry over and spill over into your life. Yeah, it, I must admit, people doing this will, will give it a go or they've tried it and they won't want to have a go at it, but you just need to stick at it. Yeah, 100%. Just make it a consistent habit. It's not a, it's not a failure if you can't if you just have a, a three minute session and you just struggle to constantly straight for even a second it's not a failure as long as you've sat down and you've done it you you've done well yeah you as you say you're meant to suck in it because you're fundamentally doing something which the brain can't stop which is is talk it's self-talk all the time because it does it and even when you don't realize your subconscious is sucking everything in exactly yeah that's your brain's working against you your brain your brain you just have like that's what happiness is it's disconnecting from your brain 
and being grateful in the present moment just get away from your brain your brain isn't who you are i know a lot of there's a life coaching technique to um, name your brain if you name it like bob or becky so it will make it to make yourself realize that it's not who you are it's just a separate part of you and um, yeah that, that is what meditation aims to teach yeah and no, i um i separate my brain into two bits like reading the chip paradox as i said mm. that is useful but it makes me realize and go that's not actually me talking that's actually like the, well, it is me talking, but it's the chimp side of my brain talking, which is nine times out of ten reactionary and doesn't tell the truth. No, the chimp brain doesn't tell the truth. It tells you what it wants to tell you because it thinks that it's helping you survive. It's helping you like reproduce. That's all your cells in your body. Like there's the Richard Dawkins and he talks about like the selfish gene and it's just like all your all your genes are trying to do is just like multiply and reproduce and survive that's what your brain is trying to do you need to step away from that and realize like right I can actually enjoy the life that I have and just yeah. I, everything isn't about survival I'm, I'm, I'm completely safe I'm in a room no one's going to come and like kill me there's no tigers um trying to jump through my window I'm safe what about wanting to go back to back to is um you're talking about Sean Peterson is obviously hmm. he's left an impression and isn't that I believe that's your third pillar you, hmm. you say that's your third pillar so I suppose how did how did he help and what were some of the things that he helped you with not him personally so, but you know his yeah. work yeah yeah of course his work I, yeah um so I just came across him on YouTube and it was it was really the point of take responsibility when he started talking about take responsibility for your life like do whatever you can to be responsible whatever happens like see it as not your fault but your problem to solve if it's in what's in within your control you solve it and I just I just had never heard someone talk to me like that and I know he wasn't talking to me but it felt like he was and I know that people go up to him all the time and they're like you've saved me from like drug, drug abuse and I was in prison and stuff like that people say to him and he gets it all the time and it, it, the reason he's had such an effect on so many millions of people is because we're not told that as a society anymore we're told that we're special we're brought up with our parents telling us we're special we can do anything and we sh and that life is just going to be easy and obviously our parents nothing against them they're the best intentions but life isn't like that life isn't like that you need to take control over things you need to take responsibility you need to do hard things when you don't feel like it and you need to be disciplined and that is in turn what will get you your happiness instead of short-term gratification focus on long-term gratification and we're not taught that growing up there's no lesson in in school called take responsibility and I'm not saying that there should be but I'm saying everybody needs to learn that and it was just the fact that that message I just never had it before and hearing it for the first time in such a the way that he speaks is obviously very um like persuasive and he's like a very likable person and that obviously just all combined into like the idea of like yeah like that's a I will take responsibility and I'll see what happens and the rest is history really. I think there was a there was a podcast I watched watched um watched recently with him. I think it was the Stephen Barnett podcast. Yes, yeah. I've and he was that. on that, he was quite he's quite good on that. But um to some people I don't I think to some people he's he's probably a bit harsh, but I tell you what, he tells you what you don't want to hear. Sometimes yeah. that's the best yeah Best, uh... he's, like, he's like the dad 
he's like the dad like a lot of us never had like obviously like I had a dad growing up and stuff but he tells you like what your dad should tell you if you know what I mean he's like you need to you need to do this you you have to do things that are hard you just have to do them and like it's the whole thing like he's got very famous um like a bit of a meme now of like make your bed because he's like that's part of his thing like make your bed every morning like it's, it's just part of like building the habit you know your subconscious mind that you're disciplined but it's like and then I saw a lot of like on like reddit and stuff people were like when when my mum tells me to make my bed you say like go away when Jordan Peterson does it you're like okay yeah so he has this sort of way to speak into young people that their parents just couldn't he, he's a way to tell them what parents always try to tell them but they just couldn't I guess it's because he's just so knowledgeable he's got so much such a like psychological background like clinical psychologist and everything and we just have like people just wanted to listen so me as a 20 year old listening to him a few years ago I was just like wow like and I just got completely immersed and I know so many others did as well and yeah I think that's just his style and his message really yeah I've, I'm not I, I mean I've watched a few of his stuff and it's come up on TikTok mm. I mean I haven't watched all of his stuff and I'm not he's not the main person I watch but of course being on TikTok and YouTube I have I have come across across him and I have taken some things that I probably wouldn't associate him so much as to to the degree you have mm-hmm. but stuff yeah. I have what but the stuff I have come across is has looked good. Yeah, well, and, I feel like, feel like part of it was just yeah. Seeing him on yeah, that sorry, carry on. Seeing him on that podcast, I did truly see what he he was like, and he is he's he's actually people think he's hard and that, but he's actually not scared to show his true like self either, like his vulnerable side either. Yeah, he um he cries like in a lot of interviews he talks about his drug addiction because he was addicted to um like I think it was just like sleeping pills or something when he had he almost lost his wife and he talks about it all very much and he talks about the fact that he's not happy like he's not 100% happy like he's been through depression even after like his fame and everything and he's very open and like it's very it's very easy to respect somebody that's that open but like what going back to what you were saying in terms of like you you wasn't you've never really like he hasn't been the main person that you watch I think a part of it is just the first person you come across really because Jordan Peterson was like part of like the main guy in self-improvement when I first started but just it was just a coincidence really that he came up on my YouTube feed if somebody else had come up and um like I'd looked at them like the big part of people's favorite books depends on the order that they read them in if I read Atomic Habits as one of the first ever books on self-improvement that would be my like bible but I didn't I read it after I'd read very a lot of similar books and I think it's the same with like these gurus yeah it's because a bit like what you were saying my a bit like your credits in Jordan Peterson, the first person you come across, I would say the first person I come across was Mark Manson. Mm. That was sort of like the first, which is why I want to talk about him. People will be sick, sick on my, um, on my um, Instagram, me sharing his things all the time. But it just, I go across him first and his stuff just talks to me and it, um, it always has, and I think it always will to be fair. Yeah. I think that's what it is it's, it's who you feel a connection with like who you feel like wow this person is similar to me this person gets me and he's done he's gone through what I've gone through and he's come out the other side and that that entices you towards people you're like wow like if he could do it I could do it and I'm gonna hang on every word they say and that's what I felt with Jordan Peterson and that's what you felt with Mark Manson and I think um yeah that's that's the beauty of being able to be connected to so many people these days 
and I think in our cases it's both quite good to read them because obviously they're they're older guys so they've been through all they've literally been through all their life and they've dealt with all this stuff so it's nice to hear when they've come through and also they tell you shit that you can look out for that they didn't get the they didn't get the luxury of listening to an audio but to them them to avoid it when when you listen to it you have that option too exactly yeah you're aware of it when it comes comes to it so true yeah and that that is it does make you feel a bit grateful when you've realized like how connected you are to all these people and yeah like you say like they're obviously older than us they and then when they talk so openly about their struggles and you look at them and they're like making millions and got millions of followers and stuff and it just makes it so much more relatable you realize like money and fame like it's great but it's not gonna it's not gonna get you happiness it's not gonna make you happy and you relate to those people and then you can you sort of listen to them a bit more because you're like okay like he's obviously understands life properly he's not just trying to sell me something he's not trying to he's really trying to connect with me and that that's where you feel that connection because do you get that sometimes you've been so young people like well if he's doing all these self-development videos he's hardly lives how does he how does he know but you know if anyone actually looked into your story they would realize that you did start quite young to realize it yeah yeah I do well it's funny you should say that I've got like this 60 year old person I, I haven't had too much hate on TikTok but there's this 60 year old man who's just talk, just keeps commenting on my things just like you're gonna foul um and I looked him up and he had like an anonymous account but he was posting on like TripAdvisor or something he's literally a 60 year old man he's commented on all these like young TikTokers and I and I just commented back to him like saying something like I, I truly hope you find happiness and then he was like dude I think you need therapy and you need a plastic surgeon and you need a dentist (laughs) and it's just so funny because it's just incredible how like some people think and like I truly do for somebody like that like that hasn't been through certain things like hasn't been for a certain like enlightenment stage or self-improvement stage I truly do feel genuine like sympathy and I, I truly hope that they get better because I, I know what it's like to be angry. I know what it's like to be jealous at people. I know what it's like to be insecure. And when you get past that stage and you don't feel that anymore and you know that other people th- feel it as well, you just want the best for them. You just want them to feel a bit better. And um, But yeah, like I, I do feel like age doesn't matter. And I do think, think that there's a, a problem with that because people often don't take advice for people that are younger than them I see people on my Twitter account there's this girl who's from New York she's 16 years old she's making a lot of money and she's so like intelligent and um, she knows so much about like earning money and um, sales and stocks and things like that like just because it's not the age that determines whether you can learn from someone it's their time and their experience so I would much rather listen to um a 17 year old um, talking about stocks that has been stock trading stocks for five years than a 40 year old that's been doing it for three years. It's not about, it's about time in the game rather than just your age. And yeah, people, people struggle to look past the age thing and it's understandable, like there's insecurities about it. When, when you look at someone, like, I don't know about you, but even looking at people like Stephen Bartlett and he's like 20, 28 and he's a multi-millionaire on track and center, I'm like, wow, like he's done well. And it's it's a natural it's a natural feeling. Yeah, I read his I read his new book recently uh, that he released. It's actually pretty pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, um, I have to check that out. Yeah, because he's recently um, on the 
uh, what is it, Dragon's Den, that's it, yeah. Because I, the main podcast I watch is, the two main podcasts I watch, obviously I can get a bit exhausted because I do my own as well, but the main two people I watch is Joe Rogan mm. and the Stephen Bartlett podcast. They're the two, two um, podcasts. I mean, some of the guests that he's had on the podcast I dream to, but, you know, that could be a reality. Just keep on working. We'll, we'll get there eventually. I don't see why not. If you keep at it, don't see why not. You're, yeah, I think um, Joe Rogan, yeah, obviously amazingly successful with Stephen Bartlett, but it's just it's just the time. Like even I was listening to your um, one on with the sex therapist and the one before, and like you can see like the quality has increased. Like as your podcast has gone on, like I, I do think you can definitely take this far. It's just yeah, I, I don't see why not. Everyone had to start from somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, it would. Um, that it's nice for you to um, for you to say that though, because it's the first guest actually gone back. Well, I think other guests have gone back and watched them, obviously, to see what they're they're getting themselves into when they uh, agreed to come on. But uh, it's nice of you to say, and I've had that comment for quite a few people. They've sort of seen the progression, which to me is good from the start. I mean, I don't like going back to watching the first few podcasts, but you've got to start somewhere. You've got to start somewhere. The, the thing I hate, this is funny you say that, actually, because on my TikTok, anyone that I meet in real life, like anyone that I know in real life, like my friends, when they find my TikTok, they go right down to the bottom and they start watching it from the start. And I'm like, no. But at the same time, that's when you look back and you're like where you started, that's when you're going to look back and be like, wow, look at how far I've come. Look at how much I've improved. Because it's hard to see it on a weekly or a day-to-day basis because it's happening so like slowly. But then you look back every now and again and you're just like, yeah, that's where I've come from. And yeah, I think I can already see that from your podcast. And I think you will definitely see that in the future. Maybe we'll have a part two in like five years time and we'll look back. <laughs> yes, hopefully both of us, yeah. Hopefully yours will be massive doing doing well still and all but yeah so I I I'm confident of it. <laughs> oh thanks. Right, so I think we've been got, going for quite a long time. So I'll finish on one last question. Uh what's what do you think's been the single piece of advice, best piece of advice you've been given by someone? I feel like both of them we've mentioned in this, which is accept what you can't control, change what you can. And also, um, yeah, I think that was the main one. Oh, and also treat yourself as someone that you're responsible for helping. Um, I think they're they're the main two pieces of advice that I would say. Um, Probably another thing would just be like, just just take a step back, realise like how little you are in the whole of reality you're a speck in reality like the world's been going on for like seven billion years or however long and we don't know what was before that and we don't know what will come after that you're literally a tiny speck in reality you've got a very short time on earth but it's the longest thing you'll do so it's better to have regrets it's better to not have regrets later on and have people laugh at you today so if there's something that you want to do but you're worried that if you want to start an instagram account or a new business but you're worried that people are going to laugh at you trust me when i say it will be better to have the pain now people laugh at you now than have those regrets when you're eight years old sitting on a deck chair and no one would even 
remember that you've done that except for yourself so yeah that that's what i would say it's better to better to i'd rather have um re- i'd rather not have regrets later on and have people laugh at me now always choose to be okay with the re- not be okay with the regret and be okay with like whatever pain you're going to have now long-term gratification over short-term gratification almost 100 percent of the time yeah and you're right about it because all the books i've read they literally i think it's all of them pretty much all say that that regret is the biggest thing because most people if, if you can if you can for now sit on your your deathbed and go i did everything i'm happy then yeah because regret is the biggest exactly biggest yeah it's not about the it's not about the result it's about actually doing it that's that's what matters you can sit back and say you tried rather than you want to you don't want to be that guy on the deathbed saying oh i could have been a professional if i just put a bit of i could have been a footballer if i just put a bit of work in oh i could have started my million dollar business i had the good ideas you don't want to be that person you want to be the person with the stories you want to be the person saying oh i've done this and um, and then i tried this and i put uh, 10 grand in this investment and i tried it and i, I went on this um I went I had a fight with like not a real fight I had like a boxing match that I always wanted to do you want to be the person with the stories not the person with regrets yeah good good place to uh finish so yeah thank you for coming on thanks for having me I've really enjoyed it